Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, this is Phil Haugen coming to you from Weatherford, Oklahoma at our training facility. And I want to thank you for joining me for this episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. It is a brisk 18 degrees right now in Weatherford, Oklahoma. We had, uh, oh, yesterday afternoon that wind switched out of the north and it blew like, seemed like about 300 miles an hour, but I think it was closer to 40 but it was a pretty breezy little afternoon and it's nice and cold this morning but you know what sometimes i like these cool these cool crisp mornings i don't know just seems like we get rid of all our bugs and uh you know and the the best part about it is that when it once it warms up i appreciate it more so you know that that's the best part about it it's kind of a reminder of how good i have it most days so i kind of enjoy these days and and uh, i'm not gonna lie i'm procrastinating getting on them today by doing a podcast because i'm hoping it'll grow it'll warm up to you know 19 or 20 degrees by the time i get done so today a couple parts to this podcast the first one is i'm going to actually I'm going to read a question from one of our listeners, and then I'm going to talk about it a little bit, and then I'm going to talk about, um, I just come back from Arizona, had a great clinic out there with three individuals, Mike and Rain Grant and uh, Paula Cooper, and just had a wonderful time. Of course, Arizona weather's pretty easy to get used to this time of year. It was just, uh, just a really, really fun time working with some with some really growth-minded people, which is so, so cool. Um, I see it all the time in this industry. We're just, you know, we're just a group of people that are motivated to get better, and they're, we try hard, and we have a work ethic, and it's just, I mean, it just makes it so much fun to go do what I do and, and try to help, try to help people get to that you know, find that last piece of the puzzle, um, or try to get to that next level. And, and it's just so, it's just so rewarding to see people push themselves to, and, and believe that they can get somewhere they've never been before. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's what I'll do my whole life is I'm just trying to get to a place where I've never been before and just keep trying to get better. And, and you, you, you realize the farther you get into this deal that there's always another level. There's always another step. There's always that little bit better that we can become in in every phase of our life. And so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just super, super fun to watch and super fun to be a part of. So to begin with, I'm going to read this question from one of our loyal listeners and, uh, and then I'm going to talk about it. So he starts out, he says, you've talked about, You've talked about your lack of patience in the past when you've worked horses. And can you do a podcast about how you got better with your patience and what things worked for you to bring yourself back down? 
I get annoyed, not all the time, I'd say 25% to 30% of the time when my horse gets reactive when I try to collect her. Then I get tense and annoyed, and then it's downhill from there. Any guidance would be appreciated. Thanks. You know, that question there is a question that we've, you know, I'm going to say we've all lived it. I know I have. I mean, I can't talk for everybody listening, but gosh, you know, exactly what this listener's talking about, uh, you know, we've all lived that, you know, when you just like on collection, which collection is, is challenging. Collection is, you know, when I'm working on foundation exercises, you know, there's six or seven exercises that I need to be really, really good at prior to asking for collection because collection, you think about it, Collections, one of those exercises where a lot of times with two reins, we're putting even pressure on our reins. And, and, and a lot of times with the horse, or this has been my experience, if that horse isn't prepared for that and, and doesn't understand the response, the release point of when they feel that contact, you're going to meet with that horse bracing or setting its jaw and pushing or rooting, what I call rooting against your hands. And that is frustrating. That's frustrating because what happens there is when that horse is, gets stiff in its head, neck, shoulders, back, rib cage, hind quarters, you know, you're, you're not going to have that soft roundness in that horse's back. You're not, you're not going to feel like that, that hind leg, like their hind quarter is, you know, another six or eight inches underneath them. You're not, you're not going to feel like you've got a balanced horse. You're not going to feel like you have a collected horse. And the reason we get that response from our horses is because they, they don't understand what the answer is that we're asking for. To address the question initially, how do I bring myself back down from being frustrated? Well, the first thing I have to ask myself is what do I need to do to better prepare my horse for this activity, for the, for this exercise? You know, I guess the best answer I have for that question too is with time, you know, I've, I rode my first horse for pay in 1981, you know, that was over 40 years ago. Over time, I've learned that when I ask for a response from my horse, if I don't get the response that I'm asking for and they struggle finding the answer, finding the release point, you know, which is also the response, that release point and the response um, are very similar. If they're having trouble finding the answer, then I have to ask myself, okay, what can I do to better prepare them to find that answer? And, you know, years ago, that wasn't the logic that I used. Years ago, the logic that I used was this son of a buck, you know, it, it was like it was a personal vendetta against me. <laughs> you know, every horse I rode. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like they were out to get me, you know, so I took that personally and then we'd get into a, you know, we'd get into a struggle and the frustration would heighten mine and theirs. Um, you know, so to, to begin with that, that's the answer to the first part of that question. What do I do to bring myself down? Meaning bring myself down from being frustrated or back to a point where I'm not frustrated is just take a step back and say, what can I do to better prepare this horse so that when I ask for that, that response, this horse has a better idea what the answer is or has a better opportunity to find the answer. You know, and in, in, in this situation with collection, I immediately break it back down to left and right, lateral flexion, one rein stops left and right, help my horse define that release point to, to the right side, then to the left side, and then hopefully after many correct repetitions, and that really good timing with my releases then when i go more two-handed which i still want to be a little more have a little more contact with one rein than the other okay i I don't i don't like to go with especially to begin with i don't like to go with even pressure on both reins because i just i think that that for me it stimulates more of a um, you know, where a horse will kind of brace or root, I, I get along way better. And it's the same way when I'm working on stops, I always start, even when I'm going stopping with two reins, I'll have a little more contact on one rein than the other. And that helps kind of break my horse back into two pieces a little bit. And as long as I can kind of keep my horse broke into two pieces, I have a better success rate of establishing that communication. So that that's one thing you might think about. Um, you know, the the frustration part of it is, for me, always went back to knowledge and understanding. Um, physically, you know, I've talked about this before. Physically we all have the tools to do what we need to do. Um, you don't really need to learn how to use your physical tools as much, but mentally, mentally, when it comes to communicating with an animal that does not speak your language, which that's, that's kind of my definition of horsemanship, um, is communicating with that horse in a way that that horse understands or can find a way to find what the response is you're asking for or what the release point is. And, you know, our communication is so important. Even as long as, as I've been doing this, um, I was talking with a good friend and one of my, one of my customers and a real good friend, Connie Soderholm the other day. And she's, we were talking about the clinics and training and she had a training question. She's always got real good questions and, and, uh, she's really, really driven, got a really, got just a great growth mindset when it comes to working with her horses and advancing herself and her horses. And, 
and we were, you know, we were talking about the training, we were talking about the clinics and she, you know, she gave me one of the, one of the best compliments I feel like I could ever have because I, I always strive to do this, but she said, you know, with the clinics, you just, you, you get better every year. And that was a huge compliment for me because, you know, I know that I have a lot of room to grow and I want to keep getting better and I want to be a better communicator with people. You know, I, I work real hard at communicating with people in the, this, the podcast, when I started the podcast two years ago, when Hannah finally heckled me into starting the podcast and Stacy set everything up. And basically with my podcast, as everybody knows, all I do is put this headset on and talk. I don't do anything else. I hit start recording. I talk, I hit stop recording. I don't do anything else. They take care of Stacy takes care of everything. <laughs> God bless her. And, uh, and you know, so the podcast itself, the talking part, this has helped me tremendously with my clinics because it makes me think a lot about different topics, just like the question today about dealing with frustration with our horses. And when we run into something that's frustrating, understanding that first of all, we need to take a step back and say, what can I do better or what can I do in a different way to help facilitate the result that I want? And, you know, sometimes the hardest part about that is the step back. I mean, and I, I'll just, I can just speak for myself, but I'm, I guarantee you there's going to be a bunch of you nodding your head out there. There are so many times I look back at situations and I, and to this day, I think back about certain situations and how I handled it or things I said, and I just shake my head and think, you're the biggest idiot that walks, you know? I mean, I, I think about things that I said or did or, and I think, oh, God, I wish I hadn't said that or God, I wish I would have taken a step back and just took 30 seconds before I opened my dadgum mouth. Well, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Well, I've done a bunch of stupid things that I learned from, you know, and that's taking that step back. And, and I'm telling you with horses, and it's so hard to do. It's so hard to do to take and say, you know what? I'm just going to step off here for 60 seconds and I'm going to think about something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about what's going on right now. I'm going to think about the response I'm getting from my horse. I'm going to think about how I'm asking for that response. And, you know, just everybody think about it to themselves. How many times have we actually done that? I'm going to tell you, I ain't going to lie. I'm not very often. It, it has to kind of get kind of bad before I finally go, hey, dumb, dumb, you need to step back for a second. You know, how many times have I been in a situation where something hit me and I opened my mouth or I did something that later on I was like, yeah, I could have handled that better. Well, I guarantee you with horses, I look back. 
and I think, holy crap, about a bazillion times I could have handled things better. But at the same time, you know what? I, I, I hate it that I'm not perfect. Wish I was. Definitely I'm not. But you know what? You learn from it. You learn from it. You move forward and, and, and you get better. And so part of getting better at what we do is, is learning to deal with frustration. Just, just like this listener, you know, just like the question that this listener asked. I mean, and it, it's an awesome question. It, it's a, it couldn't be more fitting to really what goes on every day at this place. Because, you know, the weather changes. Everything changes. You know, it's just like at our place. There's constant change in horses. There's constant change in environment as far as, as weather conditions, especially this time of year. Two days ago, I mean, I was showing a couple head horses after dark. It was probably 6.30 or 7. It, it couldn't have been prettier. It was probably 60, 65 degrees. And it was just an absolutely gorgeous day, all day. And I was just getting over COVID. And, uh, well, I never did go get checked, but I think I got, I think I got it on my way back from, uh, I think I got it in the airport on my way back from Arizona. But I don't know that for sure, but I just had the same symptoms as everybody else. But anyway, I, d I didn't feel that great, but I was still working. I mean, I just felt like I had a cold. It was so pretty that day and I worked all day and worked a bunch of horses and had a couple head horses. I've got a couple head horses that I've got for sale and had a, a gentleman here trying them. And, you know, it was just absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Like I said, it was probably, it was dark, but it was 6.37 o'clock, 60, 65 degrees. You know, this morning it's 18 degrees. Yesterday, the wind chills were in the probably the teens or maybe even reached the single digits. It was pretty chilly. Well, you know, like with horses, things are changing all the time. And, and here's the other thing too, you know, horses, when you change their locations, just taking them from somebody, taking them from their place to my place, that creates anxiety that, you know, anxiety leads to frustration, uncertainty, there, you know, there's so many things that add to that, that sometimes we don't understand. It's just like dealing with, you know, say family, friends, coworkers, whatever. You know, some days their emotional state is so different and you don't really know why, but something's changed, something's happened. Well, I've accepted the fact that I'm not the only one that can have a day that isn't great, you know, and um, that that's just something that happens to all of us. And usually there's some kind of a change somewhere um, in your life or in your environment that caused that. Well, horses are the same way. And so what really creates some frustration is when you've had, you know, several really good days in a row 
Well, and then when that happens, what do we do? We start taking that for granted. It's like, yep, we got this. Yep, I'm stud trainer. I got this sucker trained. Yeah, just get ready. Here comes the humbling moments. And, and then you have a day where that horse, you know, for whatever reason, shows some frustration. Well, well then immediately we get frustrated because they're not finding the answer, you know. Now, that can be for a number of reasons. That can be because because we're taking it for granted and we think they should just read our minds, even though we're probably sending signals that aren't super clear. I promise you, I've been guilty of that. I mean, I have been guilty of that to where I just think that through osmosis, they should just absorb, you know, what I'm thinking and, and, and process it and find the answer that ain't the way it works <laughs> i wish i wish it did you know that's the the one thing about this coming year where i'm going to take fewer fewer customer horses to where i can spend more time on them I, i'm really really looking forward to having a little more relaxed training environment where i'm not under the clock under the gun all day long every day i'm just i've already started that process i mean i've already got got i've sent quite a few horses home that were finished and or finished here for this phase of their training i've lightened my training numbers up uh significantly already and and i'm really looking forward to that and really and truly it puts me in that situation to where I don't, hopefully, I don't get into those situations where because I feel pressure to be this, that, and the other thing done that, that I'm, I get in a hurry. Because when you get in a hurry, that's what, you're going to create some frustration. That That's all there is to it. I mean, the the number one thing, in addition to taking time to step back, and analyze the situation and analyze what's causing that frustration in your horse. In addition to that, just understand it's all about patience. We have to have patience. And anybody that knows me knows that is my nemesis. I am not a patient person. I do not like, I don't like traffic. I don't like standing in line for anything. I mean, I don't like being on hold. I don't like calling somewhere and you got to go through this deal where you punch buttons to reach this or that. You know, I just want to talk to somebody. You know, I know I'm, I sound like an old fart, you know, old school guy, but, but that's just me. I mean, you know, I, uh, I have no, I'm not very patient, but with horses, I've learned that most of the challenges that I run into, I've created through lack of patience, lack of communication, getting, sending signals that weren't crystal clear because I was in a hurry to get to the next step. You know, and for me personally, I've, I've lived in this business for a good while now. I've been very fortunate to been able to hang around in a business 
that I love for 40 plus years. But I, I tell you, you know, looking back, it's, uh, I'm glad I've went through all those frustrations and I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I've lived through those experiences and, and, and I've, my business has survived because I'm, I'm so much better because of it. And because I've been through it, I think is the big reason why I enjoy the teaching part of it so much and and I enjoy the clinics and I enjoy the people because when you help somebody deal with that frustration that is created really and truly almost working too hard at what you're doing when you help somebody find that find that happy medium in there of teaching and having the patience to let your student figure out the answer. That's the real reward for me in all this. You know, being able to being able to help others, just like this listener that sent this question, being able to help others that are going through the same things I went through. And and believe me, everybody out there that, that survives in this business they have been through it. They have been through it. They've, they've struggled. It's been tough. There, there, there's no easy way to get to the, to the end of this journey. It's going to challenge you. It's going to challenge you physically, but it's really going to challenge you mentally. And I've, I've always said this, and you've heard me talk about it before, for me, mental exhaustion is way, way, way more taxing than physical exhaustion. I mean, I kind of like physical exhaustion because I lay my head down and I sleep so good when I'm physically exhausted. But when I'm mentally exhausted, I can't shut my brain off. I wake up in the middle of the night. I wake up thinking about stuff. I wake up, you know, thinking thoughts that you know, I'm beating myself up over something. The The mental exhaustion for me is way, 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 way worse. And so, you know, that's, but that's, that's part of it. That's part of it in this business. I mean, you're, you're going to be challenged mentally, but always remember this and I'm going to wrap this up. And I, I said, I was going to talk about my clinic in Arizona, but I'm going to have to do that on the next podcast. Sorry about that. But I'll wrap this up with the number one thing that I have to tell myself when I get in those situations where I'm struggling, I'm creating frustration, because if my horse is frustrated, I created it. Take that step back. Give yourself 60 seconds, 120 seconds, and let yourself Get away from the situation for a second and think before you start applying your next task. Before you go back to doing what you were doing and trying to find that release point, get that response. Try that next time when you get in that situation. And I bet, 
I bet it starts to eliminate that frustration and make things clearer. So great, great question. Thank you so much for sending it in. If you have questions, don't be afraid to send them in. I'd love to address them. Um, here again, you know, if you get in that situation, you need to just call me, send me a message, do it. I'll help you. I'll help you any way I can help you. Have a blessed week. God bless each and every one of you. I appreciate all my listeners. And as always, today and every day, always be your best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhagenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhagenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.